sports world is self-destructing. Let's get into it. LaValley Sports Talk begins right now. What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the LaValley Sports Talk podcast brought to you by the Sunland Network, as always. I am your host, Chris LaValley. Hope you all are doing well and staying safe. So this week, I'm uh, not going to have my usual rundown uh, format for this show. Um, I really just want to talk about what's going on in the sports world and the fact that it's literally burning right now. So I'm going to start off with the NBA, and then we'll see where this goes. I will have breaks here and there. Um, but I just, I just, I, I can't even put into words how upset I am with, with what's going on in the sports world. So the NBA Wednesday night decided to cancel their games or boycott their games. Um, and due to the, the shooting that took place in Wisconsin, um, because of Jacob Blake, who was the black man that was shot in the back seven times by a police officer. You could do your own independent research to determine whether or not you feel like the shooting was justified. That, again, I'm not getting into that. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. So there's plenty of information out there. You can do your research. You can read. You can determine what whatever it is that, that you would like to determine on that, on that end. So anyway, the NBA led by the Bucks and the in the Magic decided to boycott their NBA games and then the remainder of the, of the games that were going on, including with the Lakers and the Clippers and the Rockets, Thunder and the teams that they were playing and all that crap. They they all decided to boycott their games. Okay. So the the Milwaukee Bucks decided to um, they made a statement. Uh, what was it? The Milwaukee Bucks convened as a team in front of the media in the Orlando bubble to give a statement that was read by Sterling Brown and George Hill. The statement concluded this, and I quote, when we take the court and represent Milwaukee and Wisconsin, we are expected to play at a high level, give maximum effort and hold each other accountable. We hold ourselves to that standard. And in this moment, we are demanding the same of lawmakers and law enforcement. We are calling for justice for Jacob Blake and demand the officer be held accountable. For this to occur, it is imperative for the Wisconsin state legislator to reconvene after months of inaction and take up meaningful measures to address issues of police accountability, brutality, and criminal justice reform. We encourage all citizens to educate themselves, take peaceful and responsible action, and remember to vote November 3rd. It's a beautiful statement. It is. It's a great statement. What is it accomplishing? It's not a true question. But it is an open-ended question. What is it accomplishing? By boycotting, what is the NBA accomplishing? Sloganeering, virtue signaling, platitudes, virtuous platitudes, I should say. It's not doing anything. You're being called brave by the Blue Chatmark Brigade on social media. You know, people on ESPN, FS1 are, are, I'm sure, going to throw platitudes at you about how wonderful you are. And, oh, my God, you guys are just so brave. You're so woke. It's amazing what you're doing. Okay. It's amazing what they're doing. What are they doing, though? Black Lives Matter, writing, written on a basketball court 
putting equality for all or justice for all or whatever the hell the sloganeering has been on the backs of jerseys, what has that accomplished? How has that changed the laws or the, um, how has that changed the criminal justice system in all these states? It hasn't. Nothing's changed. And you could be upset about that. You could just say whatever about it. I'm not, but the point that I'm trying to make is nothing has changed. Trying to be the most virtuous and woke on Twitter and on Instagram, you're not doing anything. You're not, because you, the, the problem is that you don't, they, they don't have a tangible goal. So again, I come back to what are you trying to achieve? If you're trying to achieve reform, on the state level, and then maybe even later on at the federal level, you need to have a policy and a plan. You need to have a plan of action. These players don't have a plan for anything. They're literally just saying, we boycott. We boycott our game. We may boycott the remainder of the postseason, which we all know is not going to happen. But that was also what took place the other night. I'll get on that in a second. But again, sloganeering, virtue signaling, trying to outwoke everybody, you're not accomplishing anything. The NBA has a very small audience in respect to the amount of people that live in this country. The NBA postseason has had no more than 2 million views. 2 million viewers. There's over 330 million people that live in this country. I think it's 330, was it 338? 336, something around there. So what are you really accomplishing? Other than hurting your own audience base. Because those 2 million is a 40% drop off from where you were uh, a few seasons ago. As I noted in a previous podcast. So you're not helping your cause, you're hurting your cause. Like, I 100% believe that if NBA players actually had a plan of how they were going to fight what they believe to be systemic racism in this country, if they actually had a plan and they decided that they were going to implement said plan and say, look, we're going to sit down with lawmakers and we're going to talk to them about this, 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 and this, you don't have to like it. Like, you can just kind of roll your eyes at it and say, oh my God, I just want to watch sports. But... Me personally, I would at least respect that. At least they're, they're doing something, doing something real, tangible, something that you can actually see and go, okay, you know what? Maybe I don't like the fact that politics is getting thrown in my face during an NBA basketball game, but at least behind the scenes, off the court, they're trying to accomplish something. Doing this is not accomplishing anything. Again, there's no policy prescriptions. There's no plan. There's just, we're boycotting because of systemic racism and injustice. Okay. Great. Good. Good for you. So you're gonna, you guys are going to play again Friday night? You're going to suit up and play in two days? Because... That's what's going to happen. 
They're still getting paid. They didn't postpone. I'm mean, excuse me, that postponed. They didn't. Nobody forfeited the game. That would have been a sacrifice. The Milwaukee Bucks looking at the match and saying, "You know what, guys, we're forfeiting. We're forfeiting our game. You guys can have it because we we just we just can't play due to what's going on." That would be a sacrifice. You're giving up a game in the playoffs. Or LeBron James and the Lakers saying, you know what, we're going to forfeit or we're going to, yeah, we're going to forfeit the remainder of the season. We're forfeiting the remainder. The Blazers can move on in our matchup. We're forfeiting the remainder of the season. That's actually sacrifice. You're sacrificing something. If you want to get the platitudes that all the blue check marks are going to give you on Twitter, that's actually standing up for something. That's actually a sacrifice. But you postponing the game and just pushing it off two days, that's not sacrificing jack shit. You're just postponing a game for two days. But look, everyone's going to have their own, uh, I guess everyone's going to have their own opinion on this one. Um, But mine is just that these are empty gestures. That's really, at the end of the day, not accomplishing a whole hell of a lot of anything. I know people are going to roll their eyes when they hear me say LeBron James' name because I do it all the time. And I'm sorry, but he has purposefully put himself front and center as far as athletes standing up for injustice and all that kind of stuff. The problem with LeBron James, my problem with LeBron James, aside from the fact that he's not, I don't think he's better than Michael Jordan, is that he doesn't really stand for anything. He's a hypocrite and a fraud. LeBron James kind of reminds me of Colin Kaepernick in this way, in this one way, okay? When Kaepernick realized that he was no longer going to be an NFL starter, that was when he started to kneel. Remember that. That's a very important point in the whole Kaepernick saga, and everyone has always glossed over it. Kaepernick wasn't kneeling when he was a starting quarterback in the league. He was kneeling when he became a backup because he wanted to draw attention to himself. LeBron James didn't really start pushing this woke narrative until it seemed like there was no way in hell he was ever going to catch Michael Jordan. You guys ever noticed that? Early on in LeBron James's career, he wasn't he wasn't super woke. He wasn't pushing a whole lot of BLM type of movements, SJW type of movements. He kept his head down. He kept his mouth shut when it came to issues outside of basketball. Up until he went back to Cleveland. And then when he went back to Cleveland, even after he won his third ring, it still seemed kind of like, eh, you know, man, you may have won three rings, but you're not going to win six. You're not going to be MJ. It's just not going to happen. You're just not going to get to that point. Then all of a sudden, he really started speaking out. I just find that fascinating. I think it's very interesting. But to go back to what I said about how LeBron's a fraud, here's what I'm talking about. Last week, LeBron was, it was a post game, and he was being interviewed by a female reporter who was very player friendly. I can't think of her name off the top of my head, and I apologize. She's really good. She's a really good NBA reporter. Um, She doesn't work for ESPN. I'm not too sure who, she may be just an independent journalist. 
uh, but she's she's very play, player friendly, and so she was, you know, she was talking to LeBron, and uh, this tweet went viral, and I tweeted about it. The tweet went viral where she she looked at LeBron. LeBron LeBron has a really this this habit of posting photos of himself always reading on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. But if you ever really pay close attention, every time LeBron's photographed, he's always at the front of the book. You've never, I've never seen a photo of LeBron where he's either midway through a book or at the end of a book. I just think that's fascinating. Anyway, so LeBron was sitting there during the press conference holding this book about Malcolm X. And I'm not too sure if it was a biography about Malcolm X or if it was just you know, whatever it was, it, it was a book dealing with Malcolm X and the reporter asked him a softball question. If he had done any of the reading for the book, he would be able to answer this question. All she asked him was, I see that you're reading a book about Malcolm X. I'm paraphrasing. Of course, I see that you're reading a book about Malcolm X. What have you taken away from the book in regards to Malcolm X? Like what, what has Malcolm, what did Malcolm X do in his life or what has he done that you believe you could implement in yours or something to that effect. Like, you know, like what is it about Malcolm X that, that you've learned within that book um, that has really struck you? LeBron looked like a deer in headlights at that moment. I saw a tweet where somebody said, you know, this is the look of someone who didn't do the summer reading and is the first person the teacher calls on, on the first day of school. He literally could not answer the question. He gave some bullshit answer about how, well, you can really tell that Malcolm X is a really brilliant guy. And he's just, um, he's, um, um, just, he's a really smart guy. Okay, no shit. Anybody who's done any type of understanding of Malcolm X knows that Malcolm X wasn't an idiot, regardless of if you agreed with his politics or not. The dude was a, was a brilliant man. That goes without saying. You don't have to read a book in order to get that. The point that I'm making is that LeBron probably doesn't read, read the books that you see. Like, I have a really hard time believing that LeBron has actually read a single page of that book, and the only thing he could come away with is the fact that Malcolm X is a smart guy. This is the, this is the leader. This is the leader of, of the woke movement in the NBA. These, this is supposedly who the athletes are looking towards for guidance. A man who doesn't even fucking read books that he claims to read. So that brings me back to what are they trying to achieve? Does LeBron and the rest of the league actually have a goal? Or is this simply just all superficial? And this goes for the for Major League Baseball too. They they they're in the same boat now as the NBA. Now the entire league didn't take the night off, but when you had four or five games with players who decided that they they were going to boycott as well, what is their end goal? Again, it goes to that too. What is your end goal? The problem is LeBron doesn't have a real end goal. LeBron just wants to continue to outwoke everybody and to look, again, like a paragon of virtue. But if you've ever actually listened to him speak, he spoke on the shooting. He spoke on the shooting the other day before any of the any of the evidence came out and decided to indict the police officer who shot the uh, Jacob Blake. According to LeBron, and this is a quote, 
he said, quote, or maybe he just left the house saying that today is going to be the end for one of those black people. That's what it feels like. It just hurts. It just hurts. End quote. Like, and then he was, he was applauded for that. LeBron has absolutely no idea. Nobody knows what's in this guy's heart, what's in this guy's soul. You're assuming that the man is a hateful, racist individual because he shot a black man. Justified or not, you've now made that conclusion that he's a hateful person. So does that mean that if a black police officer shoots a white suspect, that means that that black officer woke up that morning and said, hey, I'm going to end that white boy's, I'm going to end a white boy's life today. I've decided I'm going to do that. If any, any white male made the same comment that LeBron James did, but you flip the races, that man would be considered a racist. He would be canceled in a heartbeat. His life would be over. But it's okay for LeBron to make that comment. Well, because he's LeBron James. In an article by Jason Whitlock, Whitlock responded to LeBron James's comment by saying this, and I quote, Police are not that stupid. Killing a criminal suspect complicates and jeopardizes the life of the police officer, even if he's not convicted of a crime. You think Darren Wilson is somewhere happy he, he was involved in the death of Michael Brown? The goal of a good police officer is to lock up bad guys. The goal of a white racist cop is to lock up black people. Good and bad police officers want to put handcuffs on and politely escort people to jail. That's the payoff. That's the goal. They leave their houses hoping to put people in handcuffs and escort them inside the belly of the beast. The criminal justice system created by career politicians such as Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Bill Clinton. I'm referencing Democratic politicians because LeBron James and his disciples seem to believe the Democratic Party is going to save black people from the quote-unquote systemic racism found within the criminal justice system. It's a joke. The architects of the system are using LeBron James and athletes to point black people at the wrong target. The athletes are useful idiots. They've been taken into dedicating themselves to ensuring that career criminals are unharmed while resisting arrest and refusing to comply with police instructions, end quote. Whitlock's not wrong. He's not wrong, and I'm not going down the political rabbit hole, but I am saying he's, I will say this, he is not wrong. But LeBron, again, is allowed to make these condemnations on other people because he's LeBron James. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable how hypocritical the media has become in this. And the athletes have become. Athletes now, all of a sudden, and celebrities in general, are allowed to determine what's in somebody else's heart as long as it fits the political narrative. And it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. So look, at the end of the day, the athletes are going to do what they're going to do. If they're going to boycott the remainder of the season, fine. Boycott the remainder of the season. But it's stupid. It is stupid at the end of the day because you're only hurting your own brand. The NBA players are only hurting themselves by boycotting. They're not helping themselves. They're hurting themselves. They're hurting their brand. They're hurting their brand within the NBA circles is what I'm saying. Not, maybe not their, their endorsement deals off the, off the court. But they're hurting their brand within the sport itself. They're hurting the NBA. The NBA is already losing fans because of the politics involved. 
If you think that boycotting playoff games is going to gain you more attention or garner you more fans, you're out of your mind. People who have been polled want less politics in sports, not more. So by boycotting, you're essentially tearing down the league from within. You're destroying the league. That's why I keep saying, what is your end goal? Because if your end goal is to stop systemic racism, to stop police brutality, then stop playing basketball and go do something about it off the court. Using your quote-unquote platform as an NBA athlete is one thing. Use it off the court, not on the court. Because you're not helping anybody. At least Kyrie Irving had the sense to say, I'm not going into the bubble. I'm going to use my platform and I'm going to go take care of things outside of the NBA. I'm not saying you have to like Kyrie Irving. I'm not saying you have to hate the guy. You may agree with his stances. You may disagree with his stances. But at least he was smart enough to know being inside this NBA bubble is not the right place for me to be if I want to make a systemic change within, within the community. I've made fun of Kyrie Irving in the past because I think some of the stuff he says is absolutely outlandish and stupid. But he may be the brightest of all of the NBA stars. Scary thought, but it could be true. He's at least intelligent enough to know that by doing what LeBron James and others have done, you're not helping the NBA. You're hurting the league as a whole. So again, I'm going to say it one last time. What is your end goal? And until you actually speak on it and speak out and say, this is what we're looking to accomplish, you're not really doing anything productive. If anything, you're just hurting your own brand and your own league in the process. So this is going to be my last word segment. I'm not going to talk about any more of the boycotting, the NBA, LeBron James, any of that crap. I'm done. I'm done with that. I really just want to talk on on the sports world in general and, and the world at large or this country at large, really more, more importantly, the country at large. Like our country is literally burning right now. There are cities that are in absolute, that are, that are war zones. Seattle, Portland, Minnesota, now Kenosha, Wisconsin, New York. These cities are literally burning down. And now we're, we're watching our, our sports starting to crumble from within. We're losing that escape. We're losing... Our ability to function as a society, everyone is just so angry all the time. Twitter is the most toxic environment you could possibly imagine at this point in time. Like, I need to take a break from it personally, and I highly recommend everybody else do it too. I understand Twitter only represents 3% of the population, but still. It's unbelievable what people are saying, what people are doing right now in this country. Like my heart aches for those people that are struggling right now. 
my stomach was in knots reading about just really it was it was interesting because once the boycott took place it was like all of a sudden all these dominoes started to fall and then all these stories just started rapidly producing and i'm sorry for anyone anyone who's who's struggling right now with the pandemic with the fact that they they may not have a job watching their their businesses burn down because people think that it's justifiable to completely destroy somebody's livelihood because they believe that they are the the government hasn't done enough for them it's just it's it's really really upsetting like i've reflected back on on this podcast the reason why i created this podcast was to do something fun was to talk sports debate just absolutely pointless issues. Like who's the best quarterback, the best NBA player of all time? Who's the best golfer? And then have people come on and debate really things that don't matter at all in the big scheme of things. Like we take, those of us who love sports, we take it seriously. We take it like it actually matters, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. That's what, that's what has always made sports so awesome is that you take it as seriously as the end of the world when if your team loses the Super Bowl or doesn't or wins the Super Bowl, it doesn't enhance your life or make you any richer, unless, of course, you bet on the game. But in the big scheme of things, your life does not is not improved immeasurably whether or not your team wins or loses. Yeah, you got bragging rights, but, I mean, really, are you, are you making millions and millions of dollars off the fact that your team won? No, of course not. But that's what made sports so exciting, so much fun to talk about. And I feel like every week I come on here and I'm trying to find fun topics to talk about and I just haven't been able to do it. And I understand the pandemic has kind of sucked out a lot of the the sports talk that we would have normally been able to do over the past five and a half, six months. And I get that and I understand that. But sports should not become so polarizing. I understand there's always been a little, a tiny little sliver of politics mixed in sports. And I keep reading people saying that all the time. Oh my God, you guys are so stupid. Politics has always been involved in sports. Yes, it has, but it has never been highlighted to the extent that it is now. Yes, there's always been an element of politics within sports. But it was never highlighted on ESPN, on Fox Sports, on any sports sites, really. They weren't, they weren't writing articles and having debate topics on these shows about the politics. They were doing it about sports, strictly about sports. You think of First Take back in the day. Shannon, excuse me, not Shannon, Skip and Stephen A., would be arguing about LeBron James, about Tim Tebow, Johnny Manziel. Stupid topics. But that was fun. That was, that's what was fun to listen to. Now you turn on first take, and you're listening to Stephen A. and Max virtue signal back and forth about, again, who's more virtuous than the other. You turn on Undisputed with Skip and Shannon. It's the same thing. 
All Shannon Sharp wants to do is talk politics now. He doesn't want to talk sports. And Skip Bayless seems like he's reluctantly going along for the ride. Like, if you guys want to talk politics, that's great. Go to MSNBC. I'm sure they would love to have you. Go to CNN. Go to Fox News. Go there and talk all the politics you want. Like, I'm, I'm so tired of pulling up article after article, doing research every week to try and find topics to talk about, and all I'm getting bombarded with are people's political takes. Like, sure, they'll, they'll talk a little bit about sports, but there's always underlying comments in there that are politically motivated. And it just sucks, man. It really does. It sucks. I'm just, I'm, I'm really bummed out. I'm bummed out that, that this is where we are in our society, that we can't just have one thing, especially given all the bullshit we've gone through over the past six months. Yeah, it sounds selfish. I'm not going to lie about it. I'm being extremely selfish right now. The fact that I want sports to be what it used to be. I want it to just mean Nothing more than for someone to have a rooting interest. And now I feel like it's all, it's, it, you may have a rooting interest, but you also have a political lean behind it. And it's not supposed to be that way. That's not what makes sports great. What's always made sports great is the distraction that it has given us. I'm just I'm I'm extremely overwhelmed with with everything that's going on and I wish I had an answer. I wish I knew what was going to happen next. All I can say is if you love sports, fight for them. I don't know and I don't even know what that means. I'm saying it as I'm saying as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm I'm sitting back going, "Well, how the fuck are you going to fight for sports?" I mean, I I don't know. I guess continue to debate sports with your friends. Try and take the politics out of it, if you can. Still have those, those stupid debates about who's the best whatever in a given sport. Try and take the politics away from it, if you can. We already have enough politics going on. We're bombarded with it daily. This coronavirus has really, really highlighted how divided we are as a country. And sports has always been the one unifier. I said it on this podcast probably a little over a month ago about how I believed that Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott had the op- that, like their their rivalry was potentially going to be that the new t- Brady Manning thing that could that could unify us. And I went on Spaceball with Austin Space, and I I made that comment to him in our "Did I Get This Right" segment, and Austin hit the nail on the head, and now I know he's right, and. He said to me, look, man, if you had this opinion five years ago, four years ago, six, seven, eight years ago, I would say you're absolutely right. He said, but now in this current climate, no, I don't see it. And I was like, well, I don't know, man. You know, it's the NFL. The NFL seems to be able to lift all boats, lift all tides, whatever the hell that statement that saying is. I think I sound like an idiot right now. I think it's lift all tides, lift all boats, something like that. The NFL has the power to be able to unify us is really the, the point that I was trying to make. 
and I was wrong. And we haven't even gotten to that point yet with Prescott and Wentz. Obviously, we're years down the road from that. But if this past year is any indication of to where we're going, I mean, we may not have a unifying principle anymore. And that's scary. As a society, to not have anything that can unify us anymore, that's what's alarming. That's what's more alarming than anything else. And I hope, I, I, I hope and, I, and I do, and I know people don't like hearing this, but I do, I hope and I pray that sports can push aside the, their political bullshit and just go out and play the damn game. Say what you want to say off the court, off the field. By all means, you want to be an activist, you want to speak up on issues that you think are important, do it. But do it on your own time. Stop doing it on ours. We're the ones who are paying your salaries. We're going to your games, obviously not right now, but we're the ones who will in the future, again, when we are able to. We're the ones purchasing NBA League Pass, Sunday NFL Ticket, MLB Network, We're spending our money to help you achieve your goals in life, to achieve your dreams of playing a kid's game for a living. So do us a solid and let us actually enjoy what we're paying to see. Stop trying to virtue signal to us and tell us that you are better than us and that we should think the way that you think because you apparently know better than everybody else. Let us have that back. Because God damn it, not only do we deserve it, but we need it. All right, I lied. This is going to be my last word segment. I don't want to end the podcast on such a dire note. I, I don't like doing that. I don't believe in that. I need to get some stuff off my chest in this episode and... I did that. I got off what I needed to get off, and and I I feel better um, now that I was able to vent about how I felt. I appreciate all of you who are still listening. Moving forward, I'm going to turn a page, and I want to make this podcast fun. This network was created to have fun, not be bleak and depressing, and I feel like I haven't been holding up my end of the bargain on that over the past few episodes. I've, and again, I understand where we are in the country and, and that it, there's not exactly a whole lot of positive stuff going on. But I think that it's my job if I want to create a fun and interesting podcast for people to listen to, I need to do a better job of looking for the positive in the sports world. And that's what I'm going to do. You have my word. I won't ignore topics. If there, are, if there are newsworthy things that are going on, like the NBA boycotting games, I will talk about it. But I'm not going to vent on it like I just did. Again, I'm not taking back anything I said. I believe wholeheartedly in, in every word that I uttered on this podcast. But I also believe that we need, as, as a sports community, 
we need to try and, and come together and, and build a sense of positivity, not negativity. And I think that's the only way that we're going to be able to move forward and get back to maybe not 100% normalcy, because I don't know if we're ever going to be able to get back there after this pandemic, but maybe create a new normal that's based off of positive, fun, exciting sports talk. So you have my word. From this moment forward, I'm going to push this podcast in a more positive direction and create the podcast the way that it was always intended to be. Fun, exciting, a little biased here and there. And an escape. An escape from all the other bullshit that's going on in the world. A place for for you to be able to come, listen, hopefully laugh here and there, or roll your eyes depending on on your rooting, uh, on your rooting interest, but mostly just, just to enjoy yourself. And I look forward to, uh, to getting right back on track next week. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the LaValle Sports Talk Podcast brought to you by the Soundline Network. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I greatly appreciate it. Please be sure to check me out on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. While you're there, be sure to check out all the other great podcasts we have for you from the Soundline Network, including Spaceball, Richo and Lala, Richo's Rant, and Drinks with Dan. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Please stay safe, and I'll talk to you all again soon. <laughs>